we should be walking, we should be biking. This mm-hmm. is the way we're going to save ourselves on this planet mm-hmm. and taking transit. And yet those are the, the Least things convenient, that are- Least convenient, most deadly ways to move around. Exactly. And from a city perspective, there's this existential crisis where all of the conventional thinking about our streets is wrong. People in office will hear from folks saying, like, widen the road, (laughs) build more parking, right? Those Mm -hmm. are usually the loudest voices. Mm -hmm. And I think people who believe in safe streets for people, we kind of have to be louder. I often am fueled by anger. (laughs) The idea for the project came from my realizing that once people try a cargo bike and they experience uh, changes their life, they go a little bit crazy. And everybody who is doing it, so excited about it, like they could not contain themselves. <laughs> so we have Culver City Mayor Megan Sally Wells. She is the fifth woman to be elected to the Culver City Council in the city's 102-year history. So the way you get elected to mayor is they basically appoint you, the council kind of thing? the city council, and Mm -hmm. it's only for one year, and that year goes by very quickly. And is there a term limit to that? It's only one year. So no matter what, the mayor only gets one year. Amazing. What can you get done in a year? Hopefully a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, I've been on the council this whole time, so... You, you get to do a lot as a council member as well. Is there a term limits on being a council member? You get a four-year term, and mm-hmm. the, you can have two of those, and then you term out. And then you term out, and you can't do it again. Technically, you could wait two years and then run again or run again later on in your life. Mm. So that's a possibility, but... Um, hmm. Okay. We're just sad that it's over when we just really discovered you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard your name a lot. Um, we just yeah, I have haven't too. dug I in. Yeah. So we're digging in now. Yeah, here we digging. go. Hopefully, yeah. So you started with Jim Shanman as really a, kind of a, like a bike advocate. I mean, you are the co-founder of Culver City Bicycle Coalition, which is now Bike Culver City. That's huge. So you came from that. You know Jim, Sh- Jim Shanman, who's he's the executive director of Walk and Rollers, right? Right, and he's also the uh, Safe Routes to School coordinator for Culver City. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. What, an, what an awesome regime to have in Culver City. They're so blessed. Although yeah. I, I'm, in, I'm in the Culver City group, I see sometimes like people griping, but it's generally people are very positive about what's going on in Culver City. Mm. We've done a lot, and we have a lot more to do. Yeah, t- tell us some of the projects. Let's let's some of your uh, achievements in this year, and <laughs> but also building on what you did with the with the city council as a council member. Well, le- not that you asked, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go way back for okay. a minute. Okay, okay. Uh, because I um, lived in Paris for nine years. We were car free, and when we decided to move back to the United States, um, my I, my husband and I made a conscientious decision to not go back into the car hell of, of Los Angeles. And so we kind of planned our lives around uh, the Bayona Creek path. Mm. Wow. And, um, so, and, and we happened to live like a, a half a block away from it. When I started, um, 
I was taking my younger son to preschool in one of those big bike trailers. You know how heavy those are. Yeah. And to enter Biona Creek Path, there was this little, you know, there's a chain link fence that they closed during storms. But then permanently there was this little thing, like a little mini fence on the bottom in order so that, you know, mopeds or motorcycles wouldn't go onto the path. And it was insane, like every morning to bring, you know, lug this heavy trailer over Mm -hmm. this stupid little mini fence. And so that's how I started engaging in bike advocacy in Culver City was as a mom Mm -hmm. wanting to take my son to preschool. Um, From that, I went to, um, I actually got appointed as the vice chair of the Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee and and helped. Of Culver City. Of Culver City and helped um, create the city's very first bicycle and pedestrian master plan. Mm -hmm. And kind of Jim at the time, Jim Shanman was um, going to a lot of the meetings as an advocate. Mm -hmm. um, And... After the final meeting, a bunch of us had a conversation about, like, what's what's next, right? How can we work together? Mayor. Um, yeah. Did you come up with that, really? Like, that was the... It was when the Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee ended mm-hmm. that we created uh, Bike Culver City, which was the Culver City Bicycle Coalition at the time. It was um, one of the first chap- local chapters of LACBC. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Culver City and Santa Monica. As you're talking, I'm I'm thinking, wow, well, that, that is the theme for our show is moms, uh, <laughs> right? Liz, moms, yeah. Because we have mother load director Liz Canning, and she's going to call us in. We got to get this on schedule, my friend. But that is, it's a mom, it's a it's a bike advocate. It's the perfect storm. I'll tell you, I've totally seen those those fences you're talking about that go across the bottom. It's like. Little things like that, like, okay, they need to keep motorcyclists out of there. How else can you do it besides making everybody have to pick up their bike? And uh, so, but fortunately, they're getting rid of stuff like that, it seems like. And and that was my first victory as a mom is mm-hmm. getting rid of that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Thank that you. was, that was like, I don't know, a decade ago. So you yeah. went through the city process and you... I mean, at that point, were you already like an elected politician? Oh no, no, no! Never no. before in your no. life. Oh no! I mean, not even like senior class, like I, president. I, I was, uh, <laughs> I think, secretary or something. Really? In this kind of in high school. In high school, uh-huh. I don't remember this. There was something, okay. so but I was, I actually, I, I came out of um, really more the activism space. I was in the LA Student Coalition, mm-hmm. and um, so we we did a lot of protesting. What did you think of the bike summit that we just had that you spoke at? It was interesting. I was only able to attend two days, but there was this, uh, an outstanding panel talking about housing, Mm -hmm. which is um, something that, you know, we, (laughs) we are completely failing on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kind of the nexus between um, equity, housing availability and accessibility, the kind of racist history of housing and mm-hmm. transportation or the lack thereof kind of linking them all together. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was a great, really good. 
can you make that connection between transportation and the Housing. same kind of racism that they had in housing? Is there is there one for transportation, too? Because, I mean, we've heard of redlining. Well, if you look at, you know, like the Vision Zero documents from the city of L.A. Mm -hmm. and you overlap the maps of the high injury networks and right. the kind of lower income, what they call disadvantaged communities, mm -hmm. like it completely aligns. Yeah. Where there are the most pedestrian and bike deaths. Also, um, a lot of them are happening in in um, communities that have been um, underinvested, and um, so so equity and and transportation is is definitely a big thing. I think there's a big uh, element of that. I mean, in that these neighborhoods that um, you know working class people and people of color live in our older neighborhoods that, you know, the white flight kind of thing happened. And those neighborhoods were built less so for the car, but you've got a transportation uh, department that disregards their communities and has, you know, 40 mile an hour uh, speeds through their residential areas and, and works on widening their streets and taking out parking and making the street faster and more dangerous in a still dense street grid. I think there's a big element of that in our Department of Transportation. Well, and I just took transit over here, and just trying to cross the street was insane. I mm. mean, it takes like 10 minutes to get across the street because pedestrians aren't allowed to cross these big avenues. And, the you know, the overwhelming fe feeling is that you are not welcome. Yeah. You are not valued. You are taking your life into your own hands, and mm -hmm. uh, you're definitely not the priority. And, you know, I've seen, we definitely have these situations in Culver City, too. Mm. As I've been in office, I've come to recognize more what a street widening means. Mm. And some of them I voted against, but was outvoted. Um, now we have a very different council. Mm. And... Uh, I think a lot more awareness about what it means when a city makes the thing that we should all be doing the hardest possible. In other words, we should be walking, we should be biking, this mm -hmm. is the way we're going to save ourselves on this planet, mm -hmm. and taking transit, and yet those are the, the things that are... Least convenient, most deadly ways to move around. Exactly, and from a city perspective, there's this existential crisis where all of the conventional thinking about our streets is wrong, right? And, <laughs> and that's why um, I was uh, just in Sacramento, was it this week? Yeah, Tuesday. I'm part of the Zero Traffic Fatalities Task Force, and we're trying to reform some of this on a, on a statewide level. So is this like a coalition of cities? No, it's um, uh, Assemblymember Laura Friedman. Yes, Tried her. to, yeah, she's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, she tried to reform the, you know, this 85th percentile yeah. rule, oh, which is total insanity. Do you want to explain yeah. that? Uh, <sighs> so the 85th percentile law was codified, I believe, in 2007 or maybe 2004. It's, it's older than that, I think. In California, but it's probably, it's around the country too. But it basically says that the prevailing speed of traffic is what sets the speed limit rather than the local municipality or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was sold to the public as like, this is a speed trap law so that you're not suddenly met with a 25 mile per hour speed limit on a 55 mile per hour, like 395 or something like that. So it made sense for rural 
towns you know it was like now you see that you, when you arrive at a rural town on the 395 it's like the speed limit lowers 10 miles per hour like every quarter mile hmm. i mean that's fair because you don't want to have people blasting through these this town you know hmm. and it's the only way through that's their main street so i gladly slow down and totally drive slow through those it's just that is being applied to los angeles streets you know there is no way to average more than like 20 25 miles per hour trip speed on urban streets you can't get from a to b using urban streets average no matter what kind of traffic there is your average is never going to get more than 25 because there's grids there's red lights it's impossible to time it all so when people are driving 40 so they, the way they do it is they measure um, little quarter mile blocks, especially out in the valley, and they individually test the speed. You're, you, you know, they give you this giant street that you easily are induced. Like you're just like, oh, this is a big street. I can go fast. Next light's way up there. You're going 45 miles an hour. They'll time you and set the speed limit to that. So, in <laughs> other words, it's the people who speed who determine how yeah. fast we go, mm-hmm. and then. There was this, there's this great term that I learned while being on this um, task force, which is speed creep, <laughs> which I think is the best term yeah. I've ever heard. Speed creep. Double meaning. That th- Yeah, right? <laughs> it means that um, because people have a tendency to exceed the speed limit, you know, they see the, spo- the posted speed limit, they will naturally go faster because they know they can get away with it. And so every time you do your yeah. speed survey, it's always trending up. Yeah. It is never trending down. And so you get, you know, you go fast, faster, faster, faster. And the, no, the result is death. People let me, take let me ask ma- you this. the limit me, as, a, as a minimum. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Because the cops won't bust you for anything less than 10 miles an hour over. It's just ridiculous. But, and it's like codifying lawlessness into, it's, it's law. It's terrible. So it needs to be reformed. Let me ask you this. You as mayor, this is amazing that we get to speak to you. Thank you for coming on the show. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. No. We really aren't. (laughs) If you could see us. We're not worthy. (laughs) You got these streets. They're setting the speed limits because they're big and wide and it's easy to speed on. Can the Department of Transportation engineer the street to be a slower street, you know? Is that within their toolbox? That's my biggest question, you know, to the to this to the government and you are Yeah. You know, part of the government. Yeah. We want your protection. Is there any way to engineer a slower street so that it matches the current speed limit and then, then it becomes compliant? Yeah. And and that's where we're kind of like slowly turning the titanic away (laughs) from the iceberg right yeah yeah. it does take time but it's you know i was thinking about it like the there was a vote a couple years ago um where in culver city right down the street from me um we were adding a left turn lane uh we were uh, so you have a double left turn lane and we were taking away a crosswalk (sighs) And I voted against it. The the irony and, and this kind of the sickness of where we are is that that was a safety grant. We got the money from this like federal transportation highway, blah, blah, safety grant. 
And what does safety mean? Safety means you're going too fast for pedestrians to live, so just remove the pedestrian and have more cars go through. Wow. It's insane. Problem solved. The very corner that you got, I assume you took the red line here. Yeah. There's a huge escalator to a bridge that goes yeah. over. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that was $80 million that we spent out of measure... So this is Universal funds. City Station, Red Line. Yeah, they, they specifically, City. there used to be crosswalks on the street, but they've now made it so you have to go up the escalator, over the bridge, down another escalator, then cross. you got to cross another street. It's, they, they made it so you have to work harder as a pedestrian. Meanwhile, and they spent, they spent our money on it. They spent our money on it. Instead of just like making that whole intersection safe we should put the cars underground they could have spent 80 million and put in i mean they could have spent 5 million or 10 million and put in a uh, traffic circle right there or something you know well i mean the it's induced demand right you you build for capacity you get capacity and by the way death (laughs) right so we've created the monster we know better. All of the engineering and even the monies, you know, federal monies, state monies, often prioritize roadway mm-hmm. widening, not narrowing. Because your your original question was like, how can we make the street safer? All of that, you know. Follow, narrowing, narrowing follow, lanes. Yeah. In my experience, it looks like there's more money to... Uh, widen a road than there is to narrow it. Absolutely. Federal so, money, state yeah. money. You can't get a bridge. I've gone through this whole thing because I've actually sued the city of Los Angeles as part of a whole movement to try to get this bridge that they're redoing. Well, you probably heard of uh, the Hyperion Bridge. The mm-hmm. Hyperion Bridge. Mm-hmm. I always, I always think about that, and then I just get really like, let's think about nice things. Let's let's get away. <laughs> Don from was that. involved in that. Yeah, but no, there was this. There was federal and state money that says we can't do this bridge because um the capacity of the bridge is too narrow so we got to widen the bridge if you want to use this money and it's like i have a question so i there's a street that is my major cross street in northeast la and it's just way too wide and cars go too fast and it doesn't need all that you know capacity for cars what should i do Good question. Um, I mean, in L.A., you have the neighborhood council system. It, it always helps. I, and, and, and for any council member or mayor, it always helps to have community support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that um, a good first step is to go to the neighborhood council, to talk to them and to find allies. If necessary, get yourself elected to the neighborhood council mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or find people to do so. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, contact LADOT, you know, give feedback to Metro and things like that mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you, you absolutely have to speak up. Um, in in order to get stuff done, and it's excruciatingly long. Yeah. Um, but because oftentimes people in office will hear from folks saying like, "Widen the road, <laughs> build more parking." Right. Those mm-hmm. are usually the loudest voices, mm-hmm. and I think people who believe in safe streets for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of have to be louder. It just takes time, but it does help. And I then also like to take their talking points. Mm-hmm. and use them for our movement like what you know the thing that i always 
When you say there, you mean like the people who are the arguing opposition, for widening roads? And yeah, the opposition, which is anybody that's just like telling you that the only option we should have is to drive cars everywhere. Everybody should drive cars everywhere. That's that's mm-hmm. the opposition, right? And it's like as soon as you start breaking it down and really getting into it with them, they're, they can be broken down. They understand. They know that there's no other solution than to give people options. Like everybody can't drive cars everywhere, you know? We need more options that people will choose when there's safe, convenient options. Seen it around the world, it exists in other cities. We're not alien creatures here that can't uh, travel calmly and safely. (laughs) We're not a strange alien species that or maybe we are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, people in Americans, LA. Um, just Americans. Like <laughs> Americans are such. Well, um, we have some good, don't idiots. we? Have, huh? But we have some better and worse areas. We do, but it's just like we tolerate. Like, like Culver City is pretty good right now. There's, there's hope Getting on the better. local level. We got to focus on the local level. Let's not mention anything national. Let's just. Talk <laughs> local. But so you said it takes a long time. So what do you tell people? What's the scale and and what keeps you going? Isn't it demoralizing? And like, what keeps you going? Is it the solidarity with the other people? It's easier to move forward, even if things take a long time, if you know that you're right and you're in it for the right reasons. Righteousness. Um, And then I often am fueled by anger. (laughs) (laughs) anger uh like righteous anger is something that those are are our sponsors righteousness and and burritos (laughs) veggie burritos we Uh, have with us adrian hoff who was in last week actually first time and was just such an amazing voice it's like we wanted to have her back and uh thanks for having me Okay, so Adrian Hoff is a member of the Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council. <laughs> it's hard to mem- remember some of the names of all these. For example, I, w- I was once the chair of the Plum Committee for the Northridge West Neighborhood Council. Mm. You'd never remember that. I wouldn't personally. These two would, I'm sure. <laughs> Do you remember what he just said? No. Plum. Anyone? Plum. Plum. I had, yeah, Plum. <laughs> Northridge. I had the power to deny a. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, their permit. And that was kind of a wild one. <laughs> uh, for the neighbors. I'm on that committee for <laughs> my neighborhood council, and it's it's pretty cool having that power and trying to insist on uh, more affordable units within a building, um, more like street widening, uh, like not not for for the sake of cars, but for the sake of like while the construction is going on. So then that way. Uh, pedestrians are going to be able to get through because the pedestrian uh, right-of-way is always what gets taken away first and just makes them vulnerable. Um, so that's always something that I try to to make sure that with new development. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> I, and I have to say I'm mea culpa because we're totally failing at that right now in Culver City, right next to the expo line. And I've I've been back and forth with staff and everything. It's been... You mean the huge parking lot? or Well, it's not a parking lot anymore. We're what? building housing. Hello. <laughs> but, oh. um, but we've got like these two major developments right next to each other at the, at the metro line, which is which is great, the, the expo line. But all of National is close to pedestrians oh. between Venice and Washington. And it's just like, it's, 
I am so mad at myself <laughs> for letting this happen, <laughs> and I don't see a way out. Like, I don't actually this, have this a magic is, wand. This is only this. during construction? This isn't yeah. the final? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. How how is how are those developments on parking spaces? There's way too much parking. It's well, metro. These Jeez. are well, metro's not building. Isn't it. that their land? No, it's it, some of it has um, some metro parking. Mm-hmm. Um, no, where the parking really is is from the private development, and and the problem is this project at the expo line. It's it's been in the works for like 15 years. Mm. And so it's like you're bringing, yeah. you know, different decadal thinking yeah. to, you know, to today. And so by the time everything is approved and all of that, it's like we've moved on. Um, so it's. Is there is there going to be any first floor local service retail type stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the only hope really I've seen is, is that. Um, my friend, uh, who's an architect, he told me that the new thinking with parking structures because of these ridiculous parking requirements in our zoning laws, they probably won't change anytime soon. You can build parking structures for future... uh, Conversion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like flat and so forth. So hopefully in the future they'll remedy this. In Koreatown, uh, most of the new housing development that's coming to us is part of the transit-oriented community uh, project, which is great. There's a lot less parking with that. But uh, it just kills me. There's so many uh, people that will come and often who will be affordable housing advocates who will then say, well, there's not enough parking in this, this building. And it's like, don't you realize how much parking actually costs it's it's a fortune and it will nearly double the cost of a unit and you know that landlords are not going to be reducing the price of an apartment once that portion of it has been paid for so Hmm. it's like should we be making homes for cars or for people right storage for humans or storage for cars right and you know the government this it's what's funny about this is this is really a libertarian sort of republican talking point is like let the market decide how much parking there should be and also the government shouldn't be telling you how to use your land there this is like the government telling you you have to use half your land sometimes for storing cars that's you're losing money on that deal like you should be having apartments that you can you know and whether you have a car or not, you still are forced to yeah. pay for that. Yeah. And that space gets wrapped into your rent. They've shown this. There's data right. d- studies that show that parking minimums cause rent to go up. Exactly. So and it's really kind of compounded that housing problem. And, and I w- I'm thinking, though, is, you know, there are some properties of Metro. Correct me. I don't know if are, are you on the Metro board as Culver City or do when you, you have term limits? There's just no way you have time to get so <laughs> move up the ranks like that. But, but Culver <laughs> City, Culver City does have a person on the board, right? Metro. Uh, our representative right now is uh, Mayor Butts from Inglewood. It's such a weird hmm, process. Okay. I, this is like inside you guys baseball. Get a regional thing? It's the 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 mayors regionally who appoint hmm. these bodies: mm-hmm. AQMD, Metro, a couple hmm. of other ones. It's called the City Selection Committee. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's during a weekday right daytime so already the access is very constrained oh for the public you mm-hmm. mean i was and just curious it's like there metro right now builds 
I think they own land around their stations. Like North Hollywood is a project that's coming up. Metro owns that land, right? I yeah, mean, that's what I understand, right? Okay, so some of them, yeah. They're building a a you know housing complex with like, I think it was like a fifteen hundred parking spots. I have to look again, but it was like, this is way too much parking. And second of all, why can't Metro development be more like uh, working class, like? Maybe they could extend uh, offers to live there uh, to the local people, to local workers, so that local workers can just live where they work, you know, whatever job they're in. Maybe it doesn't even matter what, you know, if you have a high income or not, but it's like, why can't we use these public resources to (laughs) lower housing costs and so forth and keep people in the community? Yeah, and, and I don't know enough about these specific mm-hmm. projects to be judgy because mm-hmm. maybe sure, sure. they're great. Yeah. Um, I think it's great that they're building housing, period, yeah. because yeah. that's what we need, housing next to transit. So I, I totally encourage that. Um, and and I think, you know, some of the change, like I'm, I'm being apologetic about some of the things like the overparking and everything in Culver City, but our big opportunity right now is that we're updating our general plan which um, is kind of a wonky thing, but it's the constitution for future development in our city. And this is the opportunity for us to rethink that, you know, 1950s, 1960s uh, zoning mentality that has gotten up in us into this mess. And, and so I'm really excited about the, this process and, and what it means for Culver City. You know, planning takes a long time. You kind of want planning to take a long time because these are some pretty fundamental changes and the process has to be really healthy yes the conversation has to be good and uh, over the next two years culver city i think is really going to make some outstanding progress Um, and i'm 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 Hmm. doing my best to make sure that it's going in the right direction can you can you give us some like uh previews well, I mean, we're just starting, but we have this great um, uh, advisory committee. We've got uh, a really good. Um, I'm on the general plan subcommittee <laughs> with my colleague Thomas Small, uh, our former mayor, and we um, we help to write the proposal that we were asking a consultant to come design. So we were designing it around equity, we were designing it around health, designing it around housing and mobility. And um, so, you know, the bones are good already. Um, the the committee is outstanding. And, you know, we're just gonna, and, and we have like this whole series, speaker series right now where, you know, we have people like Christopher Hawthorne coming to speak to Culver City <laughs> and, and a bunch of um, just uh, some wonderful folks that are um, sharing their ideas and, and getting the city excited about, you know, what planning means. How, how do we connect the dots between uh, the climate catastrophe and going to the store? Those things are absolutely connected, but we don't think of it that way yeah. and and how can we as a city through planning solve for climate change I, I you know I'm termed out in a year and my thinking is oh my god I have a year to save the planet <laughs> 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 well that's what's amazing about the cities like Culver City Long Beach 
Santa Monica, these smaller cities, even Burbank, do things, it seems so much more efficiently and quickly than Los Angeles. Los Angeles mm. is just like, yeah, well, like, you know, like you say, it's a big decision, so it's got to take a long time. Yeah, it's like a like a t- steering a destroyer. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna um, ask Megan to stay on with us, mm-hmm. and she did indicate that she would, and we're so, so stoked. We have a mayor of Culver City mm-hmm. right here. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, we're gonna move on to uh, Adrian. Adrienne Hoff's uh, news segment. She's cool. going to take us through some uh, some of the, the news going around town, and we'll we'll all discuss it. So, all right, cool. Um, so this week, uh, the North Valley Bus Rapid Transit Metro meeting took place. Um, anyone here attend that meeting? Mm-mm. I did not either, but it just sounded like like it was really pretty rough (laughs) (laughs) so the the background on the story is that the uh the metro wants to run a citywide bus rapid transit system which is amazing that sounds amazing citywide bus rapid transit awesome when can we have it yeah and uh so this one would be down nordoff and um there is a lot of vocal opposition to this and it's mostly nimby homeowners that are opposing this um it would connect to uh, UC, um, UC Northridge. Uh, so there are a lot of students that came out in, in support of this. UC Northridge? Uh, Cal State Northridge. Cal State Northridge. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> as I was saying that, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Thank you. <laughs> so um, as it is, this, ha- this project has been put back. Um, the Metro Board seems to be in favor of this. Um, members like Sheila Kuehl, uh, very much in support of this. Um, she's awesome. She's great. Um, but, uh, there's, I was following this on Twitter as it was unfolding and, um, one of, uh, my contacts on Twitter, Kenny goes to all of these meetings and, uh, he's Vietnamese American and often faces just this awful racism, uh, as a result of his support. And so at this meeting, people were actually like, you're just exaggerating. That never happened. So like, not only is he dealing with that, but he is also facing some, just like being called a liar for his expressing his experience. So I don't even know if I would have it in me to go to these meetings. So I thank him and everybody else who has gone to them. And it sounds like there are actually more people that showed up to speak in support of this. Mm-hmm. But as it tends to be, the NIMBYs were just the that BRT. much louder. Yeah. Now, the thing with, with the Nordoff route, there's, there's a couple different routes being studied. One is on Roscoe. They're both on Roscoe. It's just a question of when it goes up to Nordoff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was looking at the compromise plan that Metro has, which is Nordoff, uh, Roscoe, down to uh, Lindley, and and then up to Nordoff, and then up to CSUN. Because the important thing is that that thing, it's a regional uh, transportation solution to get you to the North West Valley from North Hollywood, where the red line is. It's a regional you know, situation. So that having it go down Roscoe actually connects you to a couple of significant things like the Van Nuys airport, which is near the flyaway. Um, there's also, well, uh, it's better. It's, we North know Ridge that it's Hospital. better. <laughs> the NIMBY plan is a different one. They want to get it off Nordoff, yeah. uh, prior to the, to the 405, I believe. So, so this alternate plan is actually pretty nice. So there's almost a chance to sort of 
take the wind out of their sails if we just came as a group and said, hey, we actually like this compromise that you guys want. Let's let's capitalize on this and get this done. Because I have a feeling getting it done the other way is going to be really difficult, too. The problem with that, though, is it just further delays it actually getting done. Because they keep exploring other options, mm-hmm. and, and they're open to that. But it seems like they do know like what's going to be the most efficient and what's going to have the most ridership. But like by them saying, well, okay, we'll just study other alternatives, that's just preventing it from getting done. And that's just what we need is to have it. Yeah, so... You know, next next meeting is going to be when a few months. Um, they they study and then what happens? Um, I'm not sure off the. It's I, kinda I think it's like a monthly down. meeting. Is it? Um, I, I, well, how long is their study going to take? That's always the right. I mean, it was supposed to be next June that it was going to start, start, but uh, now it's they're going to be delayed. studying it. Okay. So um, next a, up. another big uh, event that happened today. Uh, Mike Bonin had made a motion to have signal preference for the Expo line. And that passed the Transportation Committee in uh, L.A. City Hall today. So that's oh, most that's excellent awesome, news. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to be increasing uh, the headways during uh, during peak hours to six minutes. So oh. especially in Culver City where oh, the Expo Line gosh. serves, I'm sure uh, your constituents are very happy about that. Uh, yeah, and, and me personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. In Culver City, that's a good thing for Culver City. It's a good thing for everybody. Six-minute headways signal prioritization we sound like a bunch of transpo nerds if somebody tuned in that wasn't following any of this wouldn't make any sense but this is such a good thing it's it's the trains don't have to stop for red lights right (laughs) and and that just caused the expo line to slow down way too much and i know i know so many people that weren't public transportation folks who lived in culver city west la who were really excited about the opportunity of taking uh, light rail to their jobs in downtown but then when they saw how slow it was going they're like this isn't a benefit for me so I'll just mm. get back to driving again mm. and uh, then with the trains being overcrowded from them not coming as often as they should six minutes that's nothing you miss the train another one's coming in a few minutes no problem so this is a very good thing for good. are they going to do it line. all day six minutes just during peak hours as far as I'm aware mm. they should continue into the evening because that's they're missing a whole other crowd with the trains, like the local transit. Like, I'd love to take a train to downtown from from uh, Los Feliz, which I did all the time when I was living in Los Feliz. Yeah, I've got big issues about the the night service. Um, like, especially like with the red line and purple line. After like 8 p.m. on yeah. a Friday night, it'll just say like on on a maintenance schedule every 30 minutes. But it's like, mm-hmm. when did the last one come? Was yeah. it 20 minutes ago or was it five uh, minutes ago? They can never get that sign right for no. some reason. And <laughs> 30-minute headways is like, you really, this, I'm going to take an Uber. Right. And m- most often I'm going to or from downtown to Koreatown. So there's plenty of options. I could take a bus. I could take the subway. But if I don't know when it came, like, should I go upstairs and catch a bus? Should I just wait? Yeah, it's crazy. we got to get back to that somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it. But this is good news. Yeah, it is good news. And some more good news is a new program. <laughs> it um, was good news. <laughs> <laughs> we start, that's how ranty like, <laughs> white people are. Oh, you know what, though? <laughs> Things aren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new program that um, LA is going to start called Cool Streets LA, where they're mm-hmm. going to be, um, it's aimed to lower temperatures in some of the, the hottest and more vulnerable neighborhoods where they're going to be putting shade structures like umbrellas, planting trees, and um, doing uh, pavement cooling measures. 
So which um, is the white pavement? Or yeah, something like that, right? yeah. Hmm. That one is is a little. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about. Um, hmm. I, it's good that th- it's going to be less reflecting or less heat absorbed into the ground. Mm-hmm. But then uh, your eyes, your eyes. Yeah. Humans then are going to be absorbing that. Uh, the article I read on Streets Blog LA was saying that, or no, it was Curbed LA. I'm sorry, um, that uh, it could increase the temperature for humans by seven degrees. Really? Well, that's significant. So that doesn't really. What's, what's the point of it then? Uh, it, it probably helps put the air back up. Well, wait but a minute. Humans like, in the process that will be absorbing it. Don't don't you want the earth? Wouldn't you want the earth to absorb the heat so it isn't no. in the atmosphere? No. You want it reflected back into the atmosphere. Yeah, okay. yeah. that's why they want to paint the roofs white too. Really? I, yeah, yeah. But you want to reflect it back into the atmosphere. Yeah. But doesn't that warm up the atmosphere? No. Am I done? No. Okay. <laughs> you just have to look up this one topic and then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, they haven't decided what. Uh, where these programs are going to go yet. I'm really hoping to get some of them in Koreatown. Uh, there are some areas that have, uh, they're just way too exposed to the elements. And it, it's heartbreaking seeing some folks that are just suffering while they're waiting for the bus. So there will be six projects completed by 2021, 10 by 2025. It'd be cool if we got more than that because we really do need more shade in uh, in our walking spaces. But hey, we'll take what we can get for right now. <laughs> so they'll give us shade but also super reflective streets. Yes. Okay. So, uh, cool. I'm checking it out. Yeah, I mean, the reflective streets, I guess, will be a, a long-term good thing. Uh, but it, it seems like there's probably a better solution, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see l- just less pavement everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. let's bring, bring some nature into mm-hmm. our cities. Let's get the trees there and not palm trees. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know that by now, right? He, they... For the most part, <laughs> there's some developers that come to my committee that they're like, well, we're tearing down two palm trees and we're going to replace them with two more palm trees. Oh, like, no, you're not. Like a different palm? <laughs> like different uh, kind of palm? Yeah, I, well, they're just saying that they want to replace it for exactly what they're tearing down. But, like, mm-hmm. what they're tearing down is not what we need. Like, go to see that list of the trees that are native to Southern California, the ones that provide lots of oxygen and shade and aren't going to ruin our sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Replace it with one of those. Mm-hmm. We In Culver City, we did a couple of years back an urban uh, forest master plan. And so uh, that that does just that. It's as, as trees die or need to be replaced, um, we have a palette of different trees that are more suitable for the specific environment where they are and obviously shade is a huge uh, a huge and increasing need that's awesome i know la's uh, doing something kind of similar to that uh where um i don't have the website off the top of of my head but you can go to the site and kind of just uh put in like what the needs are like how big your space is uh if if you how, how much you need the shade and uh it'll kind of generate a list of the ideal trees for that space. Is that in the parkway or private? Uh, it's for, for private homes too. Oh, okay. And uh, you can then get a, a tree that they'll, they'll send to you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. They'll send it to you. You don't even have to go there. Yeah. I'm glad that, that they're actually making this a priority now. What's the group? Um, it's, I believe through the city. I'll, I'll try to find it. I just okay. learned about this through the Congress of the Neighborhoods a couple of weeks ago. I, I did um, one of the sustainability and, and LA Green New Deal workshops and they're talking about that there they have like it was the uh, the la forestry uh director that was talking about that 
I think another opportunity that we have with that is Measure W, the stormwater measure that passed, what, like a year ago or so? Um, okay. Because it's really focused on, on co-benefits. In other words, uh, it's not only treating stormwater from, from runoff, but also creating more shade, creating more recreation space and communities and providing a funding source through um, property taxes. And so, or, uh, so I, I think it's going to be uh, a really positive thing for our neighborhoods and, and overall for our environment in L.A. County. Measure W? Mm-hmm. And that's a countywide? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You knew about this? I had forgotten about this until you just brought it up. Hmm. What else is don't we know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, there, there's, there's so much going on. Yeah. You both took public transpo- transportation. Yeah, right? I took the red line from downtown today. I okay. took the red line from the expo line from Culver City. So I did a big old hook. <laughs> now, is that would that be faster than? No, that's not faster than a car still, but it's no, more pleasant. But I can tweet while I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Don has somebody on the on the line. Okay, I think I did it. I think I did. This is this is going to be another one of those things you're going to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got the phone working. So, cool. Hello. Hi, Liz. Wow, Hi. that was like perfect yeah. timing. Uh, <laughs> We have on the on the line uh, Liz Canning. She is the uh, director Hi, director of the movie uh, Mother Load, which is a movie. It's awesome. I've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, why don't you tell us tell us talk to us, Liz? Okay, um, my film is a crowdsourced documentary that I like to say uses the cargo bike as a, a vehicle to explore parenthood in the digital age of climate change among other things. Um, it weaves together lots of different narratives, the history of the bicycle, um, the history of the cargo bike, in particular, you know, recent history of the cargo bike, and then all sorts of stories of people all over the world, you know, whose lives are really being transformed by trading in a car often with the cargo bike. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, really possible with shorter trips right like under three miles or something i mean we're yeah and it's really possible with electric assist i mean that was one of the things that convinced me when i was thinking about making a movie about this and we put an electric motor on my bike all of a sudden it felt like you know you can do this in northern california you can do this if you're not super fit you can do this if you haven't ridden a bike since you were a kid you know the, the motor makes a huge difference mm-hmm. and so you how did you come to this um, let's see. I always rode a bike. I never was interested in driving. And then um, I had twins, and I live up a very long, steep hill, and I pulled them as long as I could in a trailer, which really wasn't very much fun. And one day, when I was really frustrated and feeling very isolated and sort of trapped in using a car, really for the first time in my life, I did a you know Google search something like carry kids on bike or something like uh. that. And I've heard this story <laughs> before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and lo and behold, you know, I found and immediately connected with people all over who were so eager to tell me about what this bike can do and which bike I should try. And, um, yes. That's what, awesome. And I, I bought the bike, like, immediately. That is awesome. <laughs> which brand? 
Um, we, yeah. because I thought I was going to be climbing up this hill and I had no interest in a motor because I was super fit and, and like no motor for me, we bought <laughs> a very light um, handmade uh, box bike from Portland. <laughs> and it was great, but within less than a year, I was ready for a motor. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's no shame in that. Actually, I think that's the future is people will more and more have e-bikes. Those, I mean, those things are I hope begrudgingly so. yeah. fast enough. They're fast enough to be part of traffic. They'll, you know, me pedaling. Well, as much as I love riding a bike, it's really not that much fun when you put a ton of weight on it unless you have a little bit of help. You right. know, and some days you yeah. just don't feel like climbing a hill that has, I mean, there's a pitch on my hill that's a 22% grade. Wow. So Where do you live in? Echo yeah. Park or something like that? Fairfax, where mountain biking was invented, pretty oh, much. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was just imagining all the hills around Echo Park. Yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of people. We have the trailer here. Should we play a little bit of this? If I can successfully get it on the yeah. computer. One hundred years before the bicycle saved me from myself, it liberated the poor, empowered the suffragettes, and transformed society faster than any invention in human history. It could happen again. Just watch me now. It could happen again if we let it. Why are you hugging me? Why are you calling me a bitch? The mayor is calling it bike lash. Terrorizing cyclists. I have people threatened to kill me, run me off the road. America's car culture will never die. Am I crazy? Am I being a bad parent because I'm riding with my child? In fact, this time around, the stakes are much higher dire warning about what's happening to the climate. Human beings are becoming the world's first indoor species. Technology is leaving us feeling more disconnected than ever before. We need to reduce our emissions by at least 7% worldwide. In a world scared witless by day-to-day -day living. We're really, really bad at predicting what will make us happy. But when we listen to our bodies, it's clear. We're hardwired to move and to connect not only with nature, but with each other. Okay. These instincts have served us and the planet well for millennia. Let's hold on tight to them, shall we? Let's show our kids and the world what it means to be truly, fully human. Just watch me now. Just watch me now. Don't you turn that down. Just watch me. What do you think, Megan? That sounds Pardon great. me? We have uh, the mayor of Culver City here, and she was just talking about how she got into bike advocacy when she had her kids in a trailer and, and she needed to get them on a path yeah. where they were blocked. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the video, which um, my friends over in the other room over there can't see, amazing visuals. Just looks amazing, so... 
This Thank is great. Where, where do we get to see this? Like, what? What's the? How do we? What's going on here? I'm really proud of the fact that the film was not only uh, crowdfunded and crowdsourced, but now it's being sort of crowd distributed. We're, we're self distributing it. Anybody can purchase a screening package on our website, and we've had probably I don't know 70 or so screenings so far, and we have another 50 coming up. I mean, it's playing all over the world. Yes. Last night we had 300. Seventy people in a theater in Minneapolis. Oh, that's so awesome. amazing! Yeah, unbelievable. And then, I mean, that we had two sold-out shows in, in Seattle back to back, and um, it's kind of taken off. It's really exciting. Yeah, it sounds and like it has so a lot of in, in Los Angeles. Um, Cynthia Rose from Santa Monica Spokes is working on um, something with the LA uh, County Bike Coalition, and I think the city. She's trying to get involved and do a, a big event in los angeles in the spring. Oh, i saw her in it it's, oh yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's so cool yeah congratulations i so can't you wait to see this must have filmed all over then if you if cynthia's in it well it, it's a combination of stuff that i shot over like lots of years of working on this and then um people sent me video from all over the world huh. so i didn't get to go to all those places unfortunately so how, how did that work i mean that it's crowdsourced crowdfunded and people sent you footage That's well, that's the idea of crowdsourcing was like very early on when I made the very first trailer. I put it out there because the idea for the project came from my realizing that once people try a cargo bike and they experience uh, changes their life, they go a little bit crazy. And I was finding like, YouTube videos and blogs, and everybody who was doing it was so excited about it, like they could <laughs> not contain themselves. <laughs> so I figured if I could, you know, channel that energy in some way, and so. Um, it really happened. Like people got really into it, and it was a way of kind of celebrating this life choice. You know, it really makes you feel something when you it watch. It makes the you feel happy. Trailer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, you know. That's awesome. That's um, that's few and far between feelings sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're in like bike advocacy. But it, oh. it's oh. so. Oh. <laughs> I I mean I well, noticed. Have you? I mean you've obviously. Did you get footage from the Netherlands as well and Amsterdam? And yeah, yeah, yeah. That I noticed yeah. that when I w I visited the Netherlands a few times, and it's not uncommon at all. You see a lot of women with the bucket bikes, the buck buck. What is it? How do you pronounce it? Buck feet. Buck feet. Buck feet. Yeah, I mean the Dutch. That's Dutch for box bike. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, well, in the in the film, in there, I interviewed a woman who actually had a um, a shop in Venice, I think it was. It's no longer there. But she's the woman who moved here from the Netherlands and realized that there wasn't really such a thing as a mom bike here. Like, it, there was a time not too long ago when it was very hard to get a child seat to put on your bike mm. because no American company wanted to deal with the liability and mm. everything. And so she started importing um, Dutch, you know, bicycle seats and, um, and European cycling gear for families. Mm. And it was really a big deal. Mm -hmm. Do you Someday. get a lot of backlash while you are biking just throughout your community with your kids? You know, it hasn't happened to me a ton. I mean, it's Fairfax. It's it's the Bay Area. It's liberal. It's, you know, most people, even if they don't ride a bike to commute, they ride a bike on the weekends. So I have had a woman, you know, roll down her window in the middle of traffic to tell me that what I was doing was really unsafe. Um, but never the kind of aggression that, that um, other women in less friendly settings have experienced. 
and men who dads get it. And I don't think it's probably as aggressive as it is with women, but so wh- I've certainly you- heard about it. Sorry. How do you see your yeah. your your movie affecting or changing things? I mean, I know they played it as part of the Bike Summit uh, last yeah. week in L.A. I mean, yeah. do you think that... Uh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there used to be a great quote in the film that, that's no longer there. Uh, Philip Ross from Metro Seats in, in Portland talked about the importance of bike culture and the importance of people's noticing, you know, that my neighbor, Pam, who's, I think, a normal person, and I like her, and she's not crazy, and she's riding her bike every day to work. Mm-hmm. Like, that, just that normalization, just the more we do it, the more infrastructure there will be, the more people will see us as regular people. You know, we have this thing in this country where people think of bicycle, people associate bicycle, uh, people associate cycling with roadies who can be jerks. I mean, I want one, <laughs> and I know. Um, and it, it's sort of an alienating outfit. It's sort of an alienating thing. There's, there's roadies, thing. but but also there's the the old stigma that if you ride a bike, you're a person of a lower class. There's a lot of classism sure. in our uh, sure. transportation system, at least in Los Angeles. You know, people yeah. totally treat you like a third-class citizen. Have you ridden in L.A.? Not much. I haven't really spent a lot of time in LA, honestly. Well, maybe. <laughs> are you going to go to? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, are you going to go to all these film festivals now? You are, right? You I mean, know, is... I haven't been traveling that much with the film. I am about to go to Barcelona, which I'm really excited about for the International Environmental Film Festival there. Um, but I haven't been doing much traveling. Honestly, by the time we finished the film, I was seriously out of money and finally sort of paid off paid for everything we're starting to bring in some income but i'm not wild about flying all over um not the greenest thing to do i have been doing some skype q a's hmm. which are nice i did i skyped into the, <laughs> the after the screening in Minneapolis last night and that was really fun skype we just had a whole conversation about that last night nick oh yeah yeah he wants us to get into skype and i'm like I can't figure out how to log into my account I can't anymore. either. It's terrible. <laughs> to be honest. I, it's, it's I, just you know, it's easier, than, it's easier than you think. I know. It has to be. I know it. That's what makes me so what, pissed What's wrong with me? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. I wish I could go to some of these events, really. So, um, we got to fly you out. Or no, not fly. Train. Train. <laughs> I could take the Is train, there a train to LA. Yeah, there's a train from For Oakland. the big event in the spring, yeah. I would love to come to that. I'd oh, love to see you. I'd we love should to go up there and meet you on the what, train. What's I've, in the spring? I've taken that train. Yeah. It's like 11 hours uh, to oh. the Bay Area Between from LA. Between LA and, uh, and Oakland. We wouldn't want to have so. something like a bullet train, you know, that <laughs> millions of people <laughs> voted for. Right. We wouldn't want that. <laughs> be able to get to LA easy or San Francisco easy uh. so I could spend all my money. Anyways. <laughs> um, we'll be stoked. to. S- this is when the film, this is our first chance to see the film is going to be in the spring. Is what you're saying? Oh, um, oh no, we can buy it on the website. Yeah. What's the website address? It, it's, oh, so it's uh, motherloadmovie.com. Motherloadmovie.com. Cool. Yeah. We also have a very active Facebook group for particularly people who are thinking about getting a cargo bike or have questions about, you know, how to fix a cargo bike. You know, lots of activity there. Love it. Love it. 
It's a great website, too. So do you yeah. want to give any thoughts about Mom Power? Mom Power? Um, well, I did sort of uh, learn in making the film that, you know, I think a mom carrying her kids on her bike in traffic is a very painful mainstreaming force. People see it, and they might be taken aback at first, but the reasonable ones are going to think, hmm, she thinks this is safe. Hmm. This is a risk that she's she's probably considered very seriously, and she's willing to take it, and she's doing it. And that makes me you know, question my fear of you know being on a bike in the street. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to focus on that in the film because I I, I think it will hopefully change the mind. Look at this on the website. You just get a little clip. With these views of uh, it looks like Portland or something. It just looks like the promised land. Like just bike riders <laughs> everywhere and sunny. We could have that green. too. We could. Um, is that? And it might be the video from Bend, Oregon. Um, I don't know. It's just the background on this website. It's very calming. It's in slow motion. Oh. You guys see this? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm oh yeah. I'm going to rest my head for a little while. <laughs> dream. <laughs> okay, so. All right. Yeah, well, d- Liz, this is the best movie I haven't seen yet, uh, probably. And You'll have to see it. I mean, convince somebody in L.A. to do a screening sooner. I mean, I'm sure there's, Ooh, there's let's enough, do that. enough cyclists to have, fit in more than one screen. We'll like, do, we'll look, do we're going to do it again. Yeah. And it's going to be a party, and there's going to be roller awesome. skating. That sounds good. Okay. Thank Both you, Liz. Thank you. Sort of like yeah. Thank that? you, guys. Yeah. And 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 Twitter account we should follow. Everything is motherload moving. Motherload moving. Okay. Cool. Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye. Boom. So, boom. I know this is one of those editable moments, but. We we did say we're gonna try to make it the whole thing like what seven I mean an hour and and we're doing pretty good we're at an hour and eleven we usually go two hours no wait what did we say we would hour shoot and fifteen for? okay okay yeah but uh, do we have anything else that we need to we could have given that guy a call what was his name oh uh, have a go ter- do you want to call him? no we we're gonna set up an episode for on, next week on well the twenty second bike technologies. We're going to have oh people yeah? who make bike apps. and uh, What's that? What's on the 22nd? Uh, that's just when he can come. Oh, really? Oh, to here on yeah. a Friday? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, can't wait. That was a great little group, uh, Sons of For All, and what was his name one more time? Terranig from Havago is his organization. Yeah, awesome. Just such smart young people. Yeah. You know, like the hope of the future of the bike movement mm-hmm. is with them. So, mm-hmm. love it. So, uh Megan, can we get you to come on like uh, every uh, two weeks? <laughs> Is that too many? Hey, hi, Mayor of Culver City. May we take <laughs> part of your year, to have, to have a mayor. your single year? If I can year. call in, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. we'll do Just we'll do updates. I can call in. Cool. Yeah. We'll do an update. I'll here call in from Happy Hour in Culver City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- d- then she we'll get some f- dirt. She has, a f- <laughs> she has a family happy hour. We'll get the hour. truth. Those will be fun shows. Oh, it's shows. a family happy hour? No alcohol involved. Is that? Oh, no, no, no. There's alcohol. Uh, we're going to get the truth. We're going to get dig down to the truth. She lived in, in Paris for many years. That is just, see, we need we need everybody to live in Paris for a few mm-hmm. Yeah. Certain people Seriously. in society. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I know all about that. 
How do you know about that? Did you live in Paris? My ex lives in Paris with a wonderful man, and they're doing great, <laughs> and I cheers to them. <laughs> <laughs> they're living such happy lives. Um, As I sip my tea over here. Tea of bitter lemons. <laughs> okay, we're going to leave. we got to get off the air, right? Uh, mom power, Megan? Did you want to say anything about mom power? Just <laughs> we're like signing off, and it's like, let's take on a whole new topic. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> Nick wants or to, I mean, we all want to talk forever. Should we talk more out there, audience? Go Actually, ahead. anybody that wants to call in, <laughs> if anybody wants to call in, the phone number is 818-985-5903. We're on KPFK, technically, and uh, we're aiming. We're aiming high. We want to get on the air. Yeah. So we're eventually going to get on it's the air, happen. get all up in your cars. Can you get all up in your hour. car? We have a mayor on the show. Yes, we do. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's why we're going to ex- extend this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You're going to call in every two weeks. This is going to be great. We don't I need don't to get squeezed I, every I haven't last quite <laughs> promised that. <laughs> but yeah, but come I can, on, I can I call in. I think if we rewind. No, I, I, you know, just one thing that Liz said about normalizing biking. Um, I think when, uh, as an elected official, biking, I feel like a bike ambassador. And so, you know, like I bike in my suit, I bike in my heels, I bike to every meeting, and I have like a really cool foldable helmet, and I bring it along with me Mm. like a badge because people, it's a conversation starter. And I feel like, you know, I'm I'm so, um, it's a privilege to be in this elected official position, and it's a responsibility to message things and model things and um you know hopefully inspire some folks uh or or give them the courage to step up and like oh you know if the mayor's biking i can do it too right if Mm -hmm. the the other thing is that um it's it's actually great politics this is the secret (laughs) and that's not why i do it but it turns out biking is great politics because you're visible And I can't, you know, the people I see in Culver City, they're like, oh, yeah, I saw you on your bike. You know, it's not just talk. You Mm -hmm. you walk the walk and all of that. (sighs) And and it's it's not, you know, you you're you're more connected to your community. Uh, You're more visible and you're more, you know, you're not hidden away in some, you know, box of death made of metal right? Mm, <laughs> that, really that's a car and so it, it it's great and um i it, the other thing is that it gives me uh, a first-hand view of the deplorable condition of our roads <laughs> mm. and so like i'm calling mm. the public works director hey the pothole da, da, da. like you know so i'm calling things out and um, and, and <laughs> so there's no better way of doing that than by just being, be, you know, experiencing it as as an elected official um, on the street, um, like the way I want more of my constituents to to be um, getting around town. Leading by example. Yeah. Leading bike example. Mm-hmm. Good. Nice <laughs> one. Oh. OK, so thank you. And yeah, um, I actually had a. That was for our guests yeah, today. <laughs> and uh, the adoring crowds. Mm-hmm. People, okay, we can't do a. They, they want a, an encore. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just kidding. We're really gonna get off the air. <laughs> we have to go. It's Friday. 
You're taking the red line back. Yeah, and Expo. And oh, and Expo. Yeah. Wow, that's. They cool. haven't done the signal prioritization yet, though, have they? No. no. When is it happening? Who knows? The sooner the better. Uh, they got to do <laughs> a couple more studies. Mm-hmm. You're taking the red line back. I am. Okay, so. We can commute together. Yeah. Commute yes. buddies. All right. <laughs> red line and party. Nick, you drove a car. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you Fossil just... Fossil fuel burner. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have the right to do that. <laughs> or do you? Uh, <laughs> you actually do. I drove a fossil fume. I drove a four by four. It's awful. Wow, horrible. That's yeah. oh, way worse. I drove a Prius. Wait, okay, wait but here's to the walk thing. Walk, man. Here, I know. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, I live so far no, in but, the valley. But now, I live but in Northeast Illinois. No, no excuses. Yeah, no excuses. No, that you know, you Culver City is probably farther than what I did. I could have d- done exactly. Like she came oh, from I Culver suck. City. We suck. Yeah. My only, no. my only saving grace as a driver is I drive. I drive like an old man. I drive like I drive very an older slow man and than deliberate than that. and time it. Yeah, yeah, you are probably. older. I drive very deliberately and time the lights. That's all you got to do. And then it's safe for everybody. Cycling definitely made me a better car driver. Mm-hmm. I drive maybe like once a year now at this point. I've been car free for over six years. But now I'm so hyper aware of everything. Yeah. And or even just like if I'm getting in or out of a cab or a lift, I'm I'm doing the Dutch reach, making sure I'm not going to door somebody, and mm. people just don't even consider that. Mm-hmm. We got to explain what the Dutch reach is. Yeah, that's where you look. You yeah, so you, so it, say you're sitting on the driver's side in the passenger seat. You reach over with your right hand to open the door, so it forces your body to kind of twist and look over your shoulder. So that way, you're seeing if there's any uh, cyclists that are coming in that direction. So it's the safest that's way of getting out of a car. Yeah. Okay, so this episode is brought to you by the Dutch Reach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's and, it. And Culver City Happy Hour. Oh. Listen, so you can get the Maybe dirt. Shout out. Okay, let's let's fade out, and uh, we leave you with the bike talk theme. Bye, everybody. That was fun. Did it the transportation the shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. <laughs> green and the green, like I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Daryl, Sean, and Hank. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.